Our reading from 1 Peter chapter 2 is going to be the focus for my message today. I'm being completely honest. This section of scripture that we had today, there was so much there. Uh, It easily could have turned into its own sermon series. Uh, You know, just Peter uses these different illustrations, these different uh, analogies to describe what life in Christ is like. Uh, I'm not going to do a a sermon series today, but I am going to briefly touch on some of these identities, some of these beautiful life-giving identities that Peter talks about, and I'm going to talk about how Peter ties them all together. Because what Peter does here is an important message for Christians back uh, when he was writing, but also still for us today. So in verse 5, he says that we are like living stones— It's kind of odd if you think about it, because stones indeed are not living. Like, I'm pretty sure that by third grade, maybe younger, you learn that. Maybe Peter missed that day of school. I don't know. But Peter uses something here that is not alive, a stone, and he shows the purpose and power of God working through them. Apart from Christ, we're not alive spiritually either. But in Christ, what was once dead, like a stone, is made alive. Then in verse 9, we see uh, this is just a, a great section. This is the meat of his message. Very powerful language here. And if you're ever feeling like you're not sure of your Christian identity, or you need a reminder of who you are, this is a great place to go. Peter says, You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. As Christians, all these statements apply to us. God chose you. Maybe you know what it's like to be chosen last at recess or to not be chosen for a job. Well, God chose you. God wants to be with you. Not because of anything that you've done or haven't done, but his love, but because of his love for you in Christ. You are royal. You are sons and daughters of the king of the universe. You have given the, been given the best of everything by the king. You don't lack anything that you need. You are holy. You've been set apart by God to do things that he has Uh, that he has for you to do. God has made you blameless. He has taken away all your sins through the work of Jesus. God has made you his own possession. You belong to God. You belong to him. Peter uses powerful language here to highlight and remind of our new and true identity in Christ. But then in verse 11, there's a shift. You know, Peter had been talking about these amazing identities given in Christ, but then in verse 11, he says, I urge you as sojourners and exiles. Or I like how this says it, as aliens and strangers. Now, this language is a callback in many ways to how God's people had been living through much of the Old Testament times. You know, until they entered into the promised land, they were sojourners. They were 
exile, or they were nomads. They, uh, they didn't have their own land. And then later on in their history, they were exiles, being exiled by either the uh, Babylonians or the Assyrians, being taken away from their own land. And so it's really interesting, this paradox that Peter sets up. On the one hand, you have these amazing identities by, given by Christ, chosen, holy, royal, God's own possession. But then on the other hand, he says that we are foreigners and sojourners. We don't have a res, uh, permanent residence here. This world isn't our home. And here is what Peter is getting at with this whole thing. While we are living on this earth, realize that we are sojourners. We are foreigners. So live differently. Live in a way that, as Peter says in chapter 2, verse 9, proclaims the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And that message, that message has been God's purpose for his people ever since he made a covenant with Abraham back in Genesis. God's desire has always been twofold for his people, that they would know him, that they would find their identity being known and holy and chosen and royal, all those things that Peter lists before God, but also that they would live holy lives, lives set apart from the sinful ways of people around them. That's why Peter says in, in, this, in our reading that it's so important to keep, uh, keep your conduct honorable among those who don't know Jesus. You know, it's so important to have a life that is lived with good conduct, to live a holy life set apart. You know, I'm sure far too many of us have heard people outside the church pointing fingers at people inside the church, saying, see, you guys are just a bunch of hypocrites. You say that we should do this or you should live differently, but you don't do that. You don't practice what you preach. When we who've been given new life by Christ, when we live like permanent residents here, rather than those who are passing through, who belong to heaven, we don't give a good witness. When we do that, we don't proclaim the excellencies of him who has called us out of darkness. A few weeks ago when I preached on Galatians, I said that what you do matters. And that's true. How you live also matters. There's a fairly well-known quote, maybe some of you have heard it, says, be careful how you live. You may be the only Bible some person ever reads. Some people may never open a Bible, but they will look at Christians and say, I know all I need to know about Jesus based on how Christians live. How we live matters. It matters. All those things that Peter listed, those names, those new identities we've been given in Christ, they've changed us. With those identities, we are to proclaim the excellencies of God. Ever since the days of Abraham and Moses, 
God has called his people to live differently, to live holy lives. The word holy means set apart. God wants us to live lives set apart from the people who don't know him. And if you recall back in Old Testament times, the purpose of holy living was so that other nations would see how God's people lived and they would glorify God's name through them. The reason for holy living has always been to bring glory to God's name. You might be sitting there thinking, what well, seems like a pretty difficult task, Pastor Josh, to live holy. You'd be right. Uh, it's actually too difficult for us to, to do, to live completely holy lives. Here's the thing. We proclaim the same grace and same mercy that we ourselves rely upon to. We tell others about the same thing that we need. And so with that, I, I want to move forward chapter to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, where Peter says, But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. Always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you the reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. The reason for the hope that is in you. When we strive to live differently, when we strive to live holy lives, we need God's grace to do that. We need God's Holy Spirit to do that. And guess what? We're still going to fail. We're still going to fail to always live that holy lifestyle. But here's the thing. When we fail, when we sin, when we don't live how God wants us to, we seek the same grace and forgiveness that we want others to know about. We share the hope that we have, the hope that comes through Jesus and Jesus alone. We need the same exact forgiveness. I'd like to share another quote with you. Uh, these are actually Martin Luther's last known words. We are all beggars. This is true. We are all beggars who have nothing to offer God. We are beggars just as much as those who don't know Jesus. We are owed nothing. Our sin has spiritually bankrupted us. But we are given everything in Christ. We, as beggars, show other beggars where the true hope is. Always be ready to give a reason for the hope that is in you. Always be ready. And the key with that is, you don't need to always be ready to prove to somebody that the Bible is true. You don't need to be ready to prove to somebody that the earth isn't billions of years old or that we all evolved from something. You need to be ready to share the reason for the hope that you have. This world full of beggars needs hope. Hope that only Jesus can provide. So live according to those new identities that Peter listed, those new identities you have in Christ. 
Live according to the grace that Jesus has shown you. And always be prepared to share that hope you have with others. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you pray with me? Lord God, we thank you for the new identities that you've given us. We've done nothing to deserve them, Lord. We thank you that, uh, for your great grace and your great love through Jesus. Help us to be anchored in the fact that our, our home is not here. Our home is with you in heaven. Help us to live lives differently. Live lives set apart from those who don't know you so we can proclaim your excellencies and glorify your name, Lord. And give us grace when we fail, but help us to strive after that, Lord. We ask this in your name. Amen. We continue with our next song. <laughs>